Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Go Up Podcast Edition. Yeah, where we explore the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. We are your hosts. I'm Dean. I'm Kritas. And today, Kritas, we are going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Such a good topic. Great topic. <laughs> Been looking forward to this for a long time. So mm-hmm. last week, when Christine was here, we talked about the Holy Spirit a lot. Yes. This is kind of a follow-up to that. Mm, so when you were praying this week, what do you want, God? What do you want us to talk about? It was so <laughs> obvious. <laughs> you didn't need any signs? or <laughs> There were so many signs. Yeah. Everything was in front of me everywhere I went. He's like, it's so obvious, but I'm going to give you a million signs. <laughs> That's about what happened. Yeah. That's awesome. That's what happened. Sometimes he's very clear. I'm trying to make a point here, Dean. Uh, He was trying to make a point. (laughs) No doubt. So if this podcast is encouraging to you, consider hitting like and subscribe. And if you're watching on YouTube... Uh, Click the notification bell. Ding. I wish there was a ding. I wish there was. YouTube, do the ding. Please. (laughs) If you're looking for more information on Let's Go Up, you can always check out our website, letsgoup.us. There's all kinds of interesting things on there, including a brand new blog from Caritas. Oh, yes. So good this week. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we had this whole discussion the other day. You don't say the WWW anymore. That's right. Gone are the days when you had to be very specific. Long gone. <laughs> I remember in elementary school being taught how to do a proper web search, what types of words to type in, mm-hmm. how to type them in, how to write like a search subject. Mm-hmm. Now you can type everything wrong. It's not even a word. You can have your fingers shifted off the keys. That's true. Type what you want. It's gibberish. Autocorrect. But it knows what you want. That's right. <laughs> Cats swimming in lakes. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I Google that or anything. That is something you might Google, actually, (laughs) knowing you. Yeah, and that was back in the day when Google wasn't even a thing. Now Google knows everything. My daughter was telling me the other day that there's this word Googleplex, I believe it is, and it's like this super long number with never-ending zeros. Did that come from the kingdom of heaven? (laughs) The Googleplex. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, anyways, we digress. I was going to share with you something funny that my mom had told me the other day when she had first gone to Iceland Mm -hmm. in her 20s, when she would go visit. At that time, there was no such thing as um, root beer in Iceland. No root beer. Yeah. So she would bring root beer to Iceland. And like a case of it or I don't don't know. I don't know. A bottle of root beer in her suitcase. Yeah. But anyways, my mom would bring root beer to Iceland to let them try it once she realized they didn't sell it there at that time. And most of the people she gave it to just loathed it. They They didn't like it. They said it to them. It tasted like toothpaste. Why would Canadians drink fizzy toothpaste? (laughs) Maybe our taste buds are different. I think so. Yeah. When you grow up on seafood and fish and whale and shark, maybe things start tasting more (laughs) toothpastey. Maybe. Maybe that's what's going on here. My mother would take the cup and put coke in it and the nail and the nail dissolves right was this an attempt to traumatize you from drinking it yes because that's what happens to your stomach if you drink coke oh uh oh okay so tell me object lesson so so you were not allowed to drink coke you were discouraged strongly discouraged strongly discouraged yes from drinking coke so my now brother-in-law aaron I drove my bike out to his place. He lived on a farm a couple of miles out of town. And we were playing in the yard, doing stuff. I might have been 10 or 11 years old. 
And he's like, Dean, come here. He's maybe a couple of years older than me, so he was showing me big kid stuff. Uh-oh. He takes me down into his garage, which was sort of dug in under a hill, and he starts pulling away boards, <laughs> a sheet of plywood, I remember, and other boards away from the side of the garage. And there down in the very bottom of the frame of the garage was a liter of Pepsi. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He what a rebel. <laughs> Have a swig of this. It was my first swig of Pepsi. Oh, man. It was delicious. I was like, what is this? Were you waiting at that moment for your stomach to start disintegrating or were you just too blown away by the taste? I was blown away by the taste, but I must admit that night when I went to bed, I was like, I wonder if my stomach's disintegrating <laughs> right now. Yeah, was it the guilt eating away at you or is the it? The guilt was eating at me. It? Yeah. Well, anyway, that was my rebellious moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except for the time that I kicked the vacuum cleaner down the stairs. That I was think that rebellious was about too. <laughs> That's about as bad as I got. <laughs> so, Other than that, it was all gospel tracts. <laughs> vacuuming was my job. I did not like vacuuming. And one time I just might have let the vacuum cleaner fall mm, down yes. the stairs. Let I thought fall. it would break, but it didn't. It, yeah. Back then, appliances were made out of cast iron. Yeah, this was a tank. <laughs> this was a tank. It wasn't a vacuum cleaner. It was a tank, but it didn't break. And I still had to vacuum the house. <laughs> Anyhow, so Kratos, you brought me something today. Yes. All right. Well, I brought you. Tell me the story. So first of all, my husband kind of gave me this odd smile. Like, what? Why are you bringing Dean a glass box of feathers? <laughs> but okay. So the past couple of weeks, there's been this dove hanging out at my house, just making its home there. A so, pure white dove. A pure white dove. I sent you a picture, yeah. like, what is this This dove? And you found out it was a, ja- it's a Java dove. A Java dove. Mm-hmm. So okay. this dove has been hanging out at your place. Yeah. And it dropped a few feathers and you collected the feathers. Yeah, it got cold yesterday and so it kind of puffed up and then some of the little feathers came out and I thought, Dean, Holy Spirit speaks to him. Through doves. doves and yeah. So I'm going to collect a few of these little feathers. And I had gone to the thrift store with my daughter the weekend before. And this little glass box, it had originally like some little dried flower in it from like a boutonniere or some kind of memory from some mm-hmm. other person. I walk away and I just kept having this nudging to buy this box. And I was like, I don't need a glass box. This glass box will be destroyed in my house in a day. And so anyways, nudging kept going. So I was like, you know what? It's the thrift store. It costs nothing. I'm just going to buy the little glass box and take out the little flower. And at some point, I will know what goes in the box. A couple days later, dove feathers. Dove feathers. Okay. (laughs) So Bringing to podcast for Dean. Yeah. Listening to the nudgings of the Holy Spirit in the thrift store. Like, I don't need a glass box. Yeah. Yeah, you do. I don't want a glass box. Well, you're getting a glass box, but you know, listen. But I need it in my life and it has dove feathers in it. And that actually means a lot to me. So thank you so much. Okay, Nathan, if you're listening right now, (laughs) Dean doesn't think it's weird. I've been having things like that happen to me as well, where everywhere I go, I run into Holy Spirit this or Holy Spirit that. I listen to a song and Holy Spirit is across the screen of the computer or just weird things. And so it was very obvious to me that Today, we're supposed to talk about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Do you have any early childhood memories of Holy Spirit? Um, not in particular that I can remember. 
My dad was going through all of their old VHSs, you know, throughout the weeks to see which ones to get rid of and which ones to keep. And at the end of one of them, he had found the speech for mine in grade seven where I did the speech. Grade on, seven. Grade seven speech on angels. Angels. Yeah. Hello. White feathers. <laughs> there, there you go. Yeah. So he sent me that last night, actually. So blast from the past. <laughs> Oftentimes when I sense angels in spaces, I'll find white feathers laying around. Wow. That's amazing. Tell me about some of your experiences with Holy Spirit growing up. Well, my parents were kind of part of the early charismatic movement. Yeah, you were saying that before, how yeah. if something came into town or the nearby... We would be town. the first ones there. So they would drag us into meetings. And I remember hearing people when I was quite young, speaking in tongues and prophesying. In fact, one time we went into town to a meeting and I decided to count how many gifts of the Holy Spirit I would see in one meeting. I think I got to like seven or eight of them. Wow. <laughs> so, oh, there's somebody speaking in tongues. Oh, somebody's prophesying. Oh, somebody just got healed. Oh, there's a miracle. And I, wow. I was counting all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But one time we went in to a meeting and at the end of the meeting, they called all the children up. And I think I was only 12 years old. And my sister and myself, we went up onto the stage. I didn't know it then, but it was my first experience with a fire tunnel. So they started laying hands on everybody. Yep. And all I remember is waking up minutes later, looking up and I was flat on my back on the floor. So I'd gone mm. out under the power wow. of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And, ki and kids kid. don't fake that stuff. <laughs> oh no, I wasn't faking it. I was not faking That's it. That's awesome. Wow. I don't even know what happened. I don't know how I got on the floor, but there I was. Mm. And I felt after that point in time in my life that I was marked somehow. Something mm. happened to me. The Holy Spirit touched me in a really deep way. Yeah. I don't even know what, but I just knew something. He's just like looking at this kid handing out gospel tracts to the hockey players. <laughs> That's true. Just like, okay, let's just help this kid out. <laughs> let's help him out because he's not helping himself out any. The angels were there. They were like, let's lay him out on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. I just wonder what that whole scene looked like in the spiritual realm, like if you could see all that was really going on. Who knows? But through the years, there's been a lot of encounters with the Holy Spirit, a lot of things that I hold really dear. One time I had a dream. I was driving up a hill and there was some sheep on the hill. I saw a few sheep. Mm -hmm. When I got to the top of the hill, I rounded the hill. I got out of the car and I kept walking. And at the top of the hill, I looked around and I realized, oh my goodness, this is not earth. This is heaven. Ooh. Yeah. Did, were the sheep covered in eyes? Is that what gave it away? <laughs> no. <laughs> just the they were just normal sheep at that point in time. <laughs> when I rounded the top of the hill, there was a lot of tiles laid in a mosaic. Oh. So I went and I stood on the middle tile. And when I did, the glory of God came and just rested on me. Mm. And I started rising up and someone grabbed me from behind like a parent would grab a child and I knew it was the Holy Spirit and started swinging me around in circles, you know, like a parent would swing a kid around in circles. Oh, yeah. Around and around. Mm. It was so funny. I started laughing. Holy Spirit, I love mm. you, I was saying. And then wow. after a while, Holy Spirit let me go and I just kind of floated down again. And I was kneeling on that same tile in the middle of that mosaic. So Sounds pretty playful. It was very playful. Mm. And oftentimes for me, the Holy Spirit has a very almost feminine type of character. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like a, such a perfect combo. God is the perfect combination of 
everything he's created. Everything he's created. That's <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. It all started with him. That's what you're I right. Always like I'm just so blown away with all these things that shock us and amaze us. It all started with him. And I can only imagine how little we actually see. <laughs> yeah. How amazing it actually is. Like colors. I feel like he's only given us like a glimpse into some colors. Yeah. But there's this whole other spectrum of colors that we can't even imagine. There is a spectrum of colors that we haven't even seen because color is all about light refracting. And if you have a different light source, like the glory of God, you're going to see colors that we can't even imagine. I'm just going to give you a few primary colors here, but really in reality. You've got blue, (laughs) yellow, and red. red. Yeah, (laughs) That's it for you. You can make some combos with that. Have fun, guys. And we're like, wow, it's so amazing. He's like, you have no idea. You have no idea what you're missing. How Someday. Many, how many primary colors are in heaven? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so I thought we'd start today by just looking at how we were created. Good place to I start. Lo- I love the book of Genesis, as yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe we Dean, can always going back to Genesis. <laughs> always going back to Genesis. <laughs> it makes yeah. sense. In fact, yeah, I was reading the other day and in the first couple of verses of Genesis, you can already see all of the different parts of God. So you've got in the beginning God, so there you've got God, mm-hmm. created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, so there we have the Spirit, mm. was hovering over the surface of the water. So the very first thing that we find out about the Spirit of God is that he likes to hover. Mm. Then God said, so now you have the Word. So you've got God, you've got the Spirit, and you've got His Word. So those three parts of God were there right from the beginning in the first couple of verses of the Bible. Very cool. To notice those little details, that's the thing that I find so exciting about going into the Bible is you just never know what the Holy Spirit's going to reveal to you each time. Mm -hmm. It's like, what do you want to show me today? Mm -hmm. I'm going to show you the first two (laughs) sentences of the Bible. Yep. That we were all there. We were all there, yeah. But what I think is crazy is how once we get to the New Testament, once we see Jesus, the Word becomes flesh, God morphed into a different form or a different shape in order to redeem us. Ooh, okay. Explain this. This is good. So Jesus came to reveal the Father. Mm -hmm. So God now chooses to reveal himself as Father God. And then, of course, Jesus is the word become flesh. So the word became human, God became a father, and the spirit of God became Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah. So all three parts of God took on a different nature in our redemption. Hmm. God is now one-third human. (laughs) Jesus is part of God, and he is human. So God is represented by one-third human DNA. And I've been praying all week, for the Father to reveal to me, why Holy Spirit? What mm. is it about the Spirit of God getting an upgrade to holy? Yeah, because does the Bible ever talk about the Spirit of God as the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament anywhere? Only three times. There are over a hundred and some references to the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, but only three in the Old Testament. Yeah, that's quite the difference there. It's so. a big difference. <laughs> in the Old Testament, they talk or write about the Spirit, right? How do they word it? It's usually the Spirit of God or the Spirit, but never the Holy Spirit. In the New Testament, it's almost exclusively the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Yeah. yeah. 
So the Holy Spirit. Yeah, the word holy is a word that I think we don't really understand all that well. We have quite a stigma over the word holy Hmm. or holiness. In the Old Testament, it really meant to be set apart. So when Jesus says, be holy as I am holy, I think we think, I can't because that's saying I'm going to be God or, Mm -hmm. you know, but he's saying something different there. He is saying something different. I actually wrote it down here. Holy, Kadash, pure, sanctified, ceremonially clean, purified, set apart. There's a similar Greek word in the New Testament, hagios, set apart, pure, blameless. Mm. The word holy in the Bible has a bit of a different meaning. They used to take vessels and they used to cleanse them for use in the temple. So the vessels were then considered kadash or holy, Mm. set apart or dedicated for a pure purpose. We've been set apart, cleansed by the blood. That's right. For a pure purpose. Yes. Which makes sense. He calls us his temple. You are my temple. Mm -hmm. And I can't see Holy Spirit or Jesus, Father, living in an unholy environment like a... No. Impure environment. And yet he says, you are my temple. That's right. And so the Holy Spirit resides inside of us in that temple and now is called Holy Spirit. That's one of those points that I've just decided to believe him on. It's so easy to say, well, I'm not good enough for you to live in. I'm not pure. I'm Mm. not holy. But he says, you are my temple. You are. Be holy. Just be because of everything he's done, be. And just receiving that and believing it and allowing what he wants to do to happen Mm -hmm. (laughs) has just been so huge personally. You actually have to submit to being holy. And what I mean by that is you have to accept it. You have to submit to the fact that you are holy and that you've been made holy. You've been set apart, like you said, cleansed by that blood. You have to believe it. because enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah, because other than that, you're going to be fighting it your whole life. Shadow boxing is what you're going to be doing. Oh, you know, this wasn't even for this discussion, but I was reading in Hebrews, I think it was, the scripture, and I just was reading it in different translations, and I just wrote it out. And anyways, I'm just going to read it to you because I was loving it this week. Okay. (laughs) And it reminds me a lot of what we're saying. So, Dean. Yes. We have boldness. To enter the holiest, the most holy place, the place where God dwells, the most holy sanctuary in the heavenly realm, by a new and living way, through the veil, that is, through Christ's flesh. Our magnificent high priest welcomes us into God's house. Welcome. Welcome. (laughs) We draw near to God now with an open and true heart, fully convinced that nothing can keep us apart now. Our hearts have been sprinkled with blood, all impurity removed, no guilty conscience. Our bodies have been washed clean, unstained, inside and out, now fully presentable to God. I love all the past tense in this. So hold fast to the confession of your hope without wavering. Let us wrap our hearts tightly around the hope within us, knowing that God always keeps his promises. Mm. This just blew, blew me away this week. <laughs> like, so good. read it and you read it and then sometimes the Holy Spirit is just like, wait, stay there for a bit. Yeah. Read it again. Now let this word stand out. Mm-hmm. Now read it with that word standing out. Mm. And I just felt like he was doing that 
just it was so fun mm -hmm. <laughs> i love so the good. way the holy spirit leads our conversations <laughs> and inserts things in yeah yeah and prepares us during the week yeah like bringing a dove to your house <laughs> so i wonder if we can talk about this for a second we just talked about holy mm -hmm. now let's talk about the word spirit hebrew word ruach to blow breathe life a puff wind breath inspiration and then we talked a couple of weeks ago about pneuma. That's the Greek word, breath, breeze, life, current of air. Spirit is contained in the wind, in the air, in the breath. Well, going right back to the beginning. You breathe the breath of life. The breath of life. Yep. That breath of life included life and it included spirit. So Adam received a spirit and he also received life in his soul and his body became alive. Ruach. Yeah. Numa Rua. Wow. So if you put together the idea of something set apart together with breath and life, you get the idea of Holy Spirit. Yeah. Doesn't he talk about the Holy Spirit as being like a wind going where he pleases? Yes. That is in John 3. Let's go there. <laughs> Let's go up. We always end up in John. We do always end up and in John. And he'd be sitting here. I'm the one that he loved. Yeah. Jesus said, truly, I say to you, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. You don't know where they come from or where they're going. <laughs> yeah, you don't know where they're coming from or where they're going. I think what happens is that wherever you go, the wind is with you yeah. and it makes things move. It makes the trees move. A miracle happens here. A sign happens there. Yeah. A dove shows up in your backyard there. Yeah. All of those things happen and it's like the trees blowing. You don't know where it came from. And it, it can be easy to miss. It can be easy to miss, mm -hmm. but that's what it's like when you're born of the spirit. Things happen around you. Mm -hmm. Just like the wind. When the wind blows, yeah. you see the effect of it, but you don't necessarily see the wind. And I think the Holy Spirit talks to people who haven't been born again or even know God. That's true. In different ways. Mm -hmm. This week, I was watching this Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary thingy, oh, yeah. <laughs> partially because my dad sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but it was so interesting as a young man. The first time he went out to the big city in Austria, he sees for the first time this like buff bodybuilder guy playing some Hercules movie. He saw a poster and he'd never seen a body like that. And he was just like, wow, it struck him. Mm. And then he was walking down the street later that day and there was a store with all this um, American memorabilia in the window, like a bodybuilding magazine with that actor. And he bought it. I was watching this. I'm like, oh my it's goodness. like two things. The Holy Spirit. One week. Was speaking to him. No kidding. But he didn't see it as the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And he ended up becoming the world bodybuilding champion. I think mm -hmm. he was the youngest one that they'd ever had. And he was just blowing them away without any training, just working out in his upstairs attic room, unskilled, untrained, but the world champion. And everything he put his mind to, he was a champion in. He was like, I'm going to be an actor. He barely spoke English. I'll be back. Yeah, we've got the, That's that about one. all that he could say. <laughs> and that was a mess up. <laughs> but it was just so interesting to see this is just what I think. Mm -hmm. God's there like trying to woo him in because there's something on your life. But I don't know. I wonder if that was Holy Spirit with the magazine and the poster. I'm sure it was. Everything he touched, he just dominated. Mm -hmm. But with the Holy Spirit in him would have just been. <laughs> yeah, it's very cool. <laughs> the Holy Spirit does speak to everybody. Yeah, even Arnold. 
up, up and away. Up, up and away. So when God said, if you eat from this tree, you will surely die. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that death had something to do with the spirit in him? Yes, definitely. Because his physical body didn't die. So was God lying? How old did Adam live? A few hundred years old? Almost a thousand thousand. years. (laughs) Almost. It's interesting that in one place in the Bible, it says a day with the Lord is as a thousand years. And it's also interesting how it says, in the day that you eat, you shall die. Oh. Yes. He didn't make it to a thousand Mm. within that day. The same day. That thousand years. So when he said, you'll eat from this, you'll surely die. His body did die, but not in the way we understand day. Well, Mm. what happened is his spirit died. From that point in time on, no human person lived with the Holy Spirit inside of them anymore. But there are two manifestations of the Holy Spirit. One is inside of you and one is upon. Oh, yeah. So there's in and upon. Mm-hmm. And you see those two things throughout the Bible. I believe that Adam and Eve had both. The Holy Spirit was in them. Mm-hmm. When God breathed that breath of life in, there it went. But the Holy Spirit was also upon them. The in is for our direct connection with the Father and with the world of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. But the upon is the equipping for us to be able to do what we need to do on earth by the power of the Holy Spirit. So a lot of these prophets in the Old Testament that we read, they had the Holy Spirit upon them. The Holy Spirit would come upon them for a few moments or for a specific task, and then it would leave again, but not inside. The Holy Spirit living in us is the condition of being born again. That's when we have eternal life. Yeah, that's where it gets really good. (laughs) That's where it gets really good. Yeah. But the Holy Spirit being upon us or being upon Mm. a human being, it would happen quite often in the Old Testament. Usually priests or kings or prophets or Mm -hmm. Samson, the Spirit would come upon him and he would do something amazing (laughs) and then it would lift again. It's so easy to read the Old Testament and forget that the Spirit wasn't in them and to read it through the lens of the new. They had really a very different thing going than we do. Yeah. They didn't have redemption in the way that we do. And they didn't have the same relationship with the Holy Spirit as we do. Yeah. We lost a lot in the garden when we Mm -hmm. sinned, when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Like they cry out to God to come near, but he's now in us. Yes. Like we're in this place that they weren't in. Yeah. I just wonder that cloud of witnesses that's leaning in like are they gonna get it like are they gonna get it yeah like i just imagine meeting them and being like what was it like to be on that earth with the spirit of god in In you you. the whole time because he would come upon us and that was amazing but he was upon you and in you what was that like (laughs) there's some pretty specific language in the bible that talks about those two things in and upon shall we go there before we do that let's talk about jesus okay Jesus was born in that same condition as Adam was first in. A few weeks ago, we talked about how Jesus was born, born again. So Jesus was born with that inner connection. The Holy Spirit was in him from birth. But the Holy Spirit wasn't necessarily upon him. Ah. And that's why until he was baptized, he would always say, my time hasn't come yet. But once Jesus was baptized, he came up out of the waters. Yeah. The Holy Spirit came down in the form of a dove. Mm-hmm. And in John's gospel, it says it remained on him. So now the Holy Spirit has come upon somebody and is in somebody for the first time in like 4,000 years. And remains. And remains, not, not coming and going anymore, remaining. The Holy Spirit was in Jesus and upon him permanently. 
The Holy Spirit plays a pretty vital role in this whole story. Yes. So with Jesus, that's how he lived and that's how he did what he did. Holy Spirit in, Holy Spirit upon, permanently. As amazing as it is that he took away the sin of the world, you know, that's amazing. But this is way more than that. (laughs) Yeah. I really believe that the goal of redemption was to restore us to the original connection and relationship with the Holy Spirit, both in and upon us. We lost both of those things, and Jesus came to restore both of those things back to us. To put us in that condition where we first fell from, that was the point of redemption, to get us back there again. Mic drop! (laughs) That mic is getting more and more beat up. So Jesus even talked about this. He talked about it in John 14, verse 16. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. Two things, with, so upon, Mm -hmm. and in. So Jesus is telling us here that the Holy Spirit is going to be coming. Mm-hmm. He's going to be in us and he's going to be with us. So either he's making this up or he's not. Mm-hmm. No, he's not making it up. <laughs> so that's pretty exciting. And a few verses later, he said, greater things will you do mm. because I go to the Father. And when I go to the Father, I will send the helper. Yeah. And it all works together because the Holy Spirit in us and upon us puts us in that same place, that same build as Mm. Jesus was when he was here with that inner working of the Holy Spirit and that Holy Spirit resting upon, nothing is impossible. If you just read through John 14, 15, 16, 17, probably too, there's so much in there. Mm -hmm. He talks about the Holy Spirit. He's our advocate. That's a legal term. He's our representative. Yeah. He's there to help, to come alongside. Mm-hmm. Our teacher. Our teacher. He will teach you all things. He will bring all things to your remembrance. I just find myself thanking the Holy Spirit a lot. I'm like, wow, thank you so much for your patience, mm-hmm. your willingness to reveal so much to us. And just asking the Holy Spirit to guide and teach and help because mm-hmm. he says he's the helper and the teacher yep. and the guider. Such an amazing relationship that we can be in, fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I want to read something because you're inspiring me. I wrote this out this week. We as a human creation were created with an inner connection of intimacy with God and also an external equipping from God. These two expressions are found in one divine being, the Holy Spirit. Mm, The internal manifestation of the Holy Spirit is a work of grace because by grace we are saved. And then the Holy Spirit comes in and fuses to our spirit internally and makes us brand new and makes us alive in Christ. Mm. It's a work of grace that interacts with our human spirit, intertwining the two together as one. Remember that in the beginning, we were created to live in two worlds simultaneously, the realm of heaven and the realm of this earth. Our human spirit was created to interface with the spirit world and our bodies were created to interface with this physical world. We were created to reign from heaven to earth. Mm -hmm. For this reason, the internal Holy Spirit connection is a connection of intimacy with God in order to know his heart, understand his ways, 
and co-labor with him to bring his kingdom from heaven to earth. The external manifestation of the Holy Spirit is a covering of glory that covers and fills our human earthly vessels or our body. We carry this treasure in earthen vessels according to 2 Corinthians 4. It is described as the filling, baptizing, or resting of the presence of the Holy Spirit and it is with us to help us carry out kingdom mandates on the earth. So when we spend time with the Father, the Holy Spirit interacts with the Father, searches the heart of the Father and brings to us the things that the Father wants to do on the earth and then the external covering, the resting upon, that is there to empower us mm. to do the will of the Father on the earth, yeah. what he says to us through the internal Mm, yes. Connection. Mm -hmm. So Jesus was here to restore those two connections, those two Holy Spirit manifestations to us. Mm -hmm. And that was his mission. Yeah. He's trying to get us back there again, back to the garden, mm -hmm. back to our original bliss. Mm -hmm. Explains why he came back disguised as a gardener, bringing you back to the garden. Don't miss the hint. <laughs> <laughs> so after Jesus mm -hmm. was resurrected, he did something crazy. Classic Jesus. Classic Jesus, <laughs> yep. John 20. So when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, all the doors were shut. The disciples were there for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood in their midst. So there he was. He walked right through the wall. And he said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them both his hands and his side. The disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me. I also send you. He breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So what was Jesus doing here? Like in the garden. Like the in the Ruah. garden. The Ruah. Hmm. So there hadn't been people on the earth with the Holy Spirit inside of them for 4,000 years. Jesus came. He gave us an example. Now he's getting ready to go to the Father and he breathes on his disciples and says, receive the Holy Spirit. I want to read another verse. Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So that's our born again experience right mm. there. We confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our hearts that he was raised from the dead. So I think it's crazy what Jesus did. He came, he stood in their midst. He showed them both his hands and his side. And then it says the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So he shows them his hands and his side. They get to see and believe that he had been raised from the dead. Mm -hmm. And then they get excited when they saw the Lord. So they confess that he's Lord. Yeah. So now they're wow. born again. The same thing that happens in Romans 10, 9. Mm. And then Jesus says, okay, receive the Holy Spirit. And he breathes on them. The Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of them. And now we've got not one that we got a whole room full of people uh -oh. that have the Holy Spirit inside of them for <laughs> yeah. the first time in years, wow, in centuries. Yeah. So now the disciples are born again. And then Jesus says, now you need to wait here in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father. Listen to how Jesus says this. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. So Jesus specifically uses the phrase upon. Mm -hmm. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Mm -hmm. He's in you now. Now what you're doing is you're waiting for him to come upon you. Yes. So then in Acts chapter 2, of course, the Holy Spirit came 
as the sound of a rushing mighty wind and came upon them. Yes. And then they received the power mm. and then they became the witnesses. Wow. And the rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the story of our redemption connected again to the Holy Spirit, both internally and externally. Hosting the Holy Spirit, John said, someone is coming greater than me. He'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. You see it all over the scripture right from the start. Yeah. How the Holy Spirit was in and upon. Yeah. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon and lift. Then Jesus came, the Holy Spirit was in him from birth, came upon him and remained And then the Holy Spirit came to live in the disciples when Jesus breathed on them again, just like the first Adam, Mm -hmm. and then came upon them on the day of Pentecost. So it's everywhere. It's quite well laid out. (laughs) I was thinking that this week as well. How is this not just elementary? Yeah. I used to be confused by all the different language that's used in the New Testament when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Because it seemed like there were a lot of different things that were being talked about all over the place, and I couldn't make sense of it. So one time I made a list. There are a lot of phrases that mean the same thing. They all refer to this experience of the Holy Spirit coming upon us. Okay. And what it looks like when the Holy Spirit is upon us and saturating us to the place where somebody can take a piece of cloth from us and it can cast out a demon or heal somebody that's sick. Yeah, because that it got pretty intense with those guys. It did. Like Jesus says, greater things will you do yeah. because of the Holy Spirit coming to you. But people would touch Jesus' cloth or his That's shawl a good point. And heal them. But with Paul, they just would take a piece away from him. Or, that's right. A sweatband. Yeah, yeah. And bring it somewhere else and it would heal them. That's right. So that's yeah. greater than actually physically touching Jesus. That's right. All these things mean the same thing. There is reference to being filled with the Holy Spirit and the gift of the Holy Spirit coming upon us. Those are all in Acts 2. There's reference to the Holy Spirit resting upon us. That just reminds me, like resting, like like a dove. Yes. Resting, filling like water. Yeah. Baptized, so being dunked in the Holy Spirit Mm. in a churning vat of fire. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Yes. There's reference to the promise of the Holy Spirit. There's reference in Acts 10, 44, to the Holy Spirit falling upon, upon again, Mm -hmm. or the gift of the Holy Spirit being poured out. There is reference to fire resting upon us. All of those things refer to the same thing. If you start getting confused thinking that there are different things, they're not. Mm -hmm. It's all different language to say the same thing. Yeah. The gift of the Holy Spirit coming upon us, saturating us, empowering us, baptizing us in fire. And once that happens, the sky's the limit. (laughs) We are then ambassadors for the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. There's no sense in trying to go out and win the world without first receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit that empowers you to win the world. Yeah. That's why Jesus told them to wait. Yeah, that was one of the amazing things I found with Paul's story. Not only did you start seeing these miracles because of the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. but there was this whole other miracle in his resilience, his mindset, like Mm -hmm. all of that changing, like all the things he went through, and yet he could rejoice through these things and his focus on the Lord. That empowerment of the Holy Spirit was so incredible. Mm -hmm. This is Paul. 
I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Mm -hmm. I was with you in weakness, in fear, in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of man, but the power of God. And I was just thinking about that this week with Paul. There's some pretty cool stories and examples like we had talked Mm -hmm. about before with the cloths healing people. Yeah. But not only were there these signs and wonders and miracles that I'm seeing here, but he came as a brand new creation. His life was completely transformed. This is the guy that could be persecuted and tortured and thrown in prison and still be rejoicing and okay. Most people would say, you're in denial, buddy. You got some problems. You're burying it. You're pushing it down. But Mm -hmm. he was transformed. He was a new creation. He wasn't a mere human anymore. He was something new. Mm -hmm. The life that the Holy Spirit brings is so transformative to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why without it, we're in a condition of death. Yeah, Our spirit has no life on its own mm. apart from the Holy Spirit being intertwined with our spirit. Yeah, It changes everything. It does. It makes us mm-hmm. a brand new creation, kainos, yeah. never before seen mm-hmm. on the earth. I have one more scripture to read. Just one more? Just one more. (laughs) One of my favorites. I don't know how many times we've read this already on Let's Go Up, but there's always room for one more time. Ephesians 1.15. For this reason, I, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus, which exists among you and your love for all the saints, do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe. Oh, that is so good. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. Yeah, and it says a few verses earlier that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Mm who is given to us as a pledge of our inheritance. So he's a guarantee of our inheritance, like an engagement ring. That's right. A down payment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's amazing. And the same spirit who raised Christ from the dead dwells in us and quickens our mortal bodies. So there we have healing. I go to that verse all the time. That's in Romans 8. Mm. So the Holy Spirit in us and upon us. Can it get any better, Dean? That's as good as it gets. And that's as good as it needs to get. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what else do we need? (laughs) We have it all. We've been given the fullness of the Godhead Mm. inside of us, it says. Yeah. Exciting stuff, Dean. Very good. Yeah. Well, Cretus, we can leave it there for the day. Yes. We always have to stop somewhere and we say this. It's always hard. (laughs) Yeah. We'll see how many more times that dove comes and visits your backyard Mm -hmm. this year. Maybe so long that dove is in your backyard, we should be talking about the Holy Spirit. Whoa, there we go. Let's see how long this lasts. (laughs) This is such a good reminder. The gift of box of feathers. Who knew you needed a box of feathers in your life? Holy Spirit did. That's right. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We hope you've enjoyed this conversation as much as we have. And we hope you have an awesome week. Cretus. I pray that the Holy Spirit will be in you and upon you all week and that you'll know the love of the Father over you so much this week. Oh, thank you. Amen. I receive.
Same goes for all you. We That's hope to right. see you next week and have a fabulous, wonderful, spirit-filled, blessed week. Bye.